Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Why, hello everyone. I am Katie Patrick, joined as always by that guy over there. They call him David Fiorazzo or something. Hello. Well, we've been talking about it over and over and over again. Freedom Project Academy, it's our K-12 Judeo-Christian online school, and we are enrolling students right now for the fall. So request your free information packet at freedomforschool.com. That's freedom, F-O-R, school, uh, dot com. Now, we are going to go to Cincinnati, where a Cincinnati <laughs> college student is given a failing grade on a project because she did... I, I just can't. I can't say the word. She had the audacity to use the term biological women in a paper. No way. I have to go wash my mouth out with soap now. No way. Is Yahweh. that going to be censored Yahweh. here? On... So she's a college student. Her name is Olivia Krolsik, and she claims that her women's gender studies in pop culture professor. Well, there you go. Women's gender studies in pop culture. What a class. Gave her a zero, there it is, on her project proposal. Failed her because she used the exclusionary term, terminology, biological women. Watch this setup video. I got a zero on a project proposal in my class because I used the term biological women, which is apparently not allowed anymore. She even said it was a good project proposal. Um, but I got a zero because I use this term that's exclusionary and not allowed anymore, so. And I 100% know that this is like the most biased grade ever because my project is about transgenders competing in biological women's sports. How am I supposed to do my final project if I can't use the word biological women, but that's what my project is about? You cannot talk about transgenders competing in, or, or boys competing in girls' sports. You can't. Talk about that and get graded, Katie. Uh, no, you cannot. Um, that is not allowed. So if you would put biological women, if you would mention the term, um, that would confuse everyone because they are confused. So we can't confuse anyone. So we're just not going to do it. Women's gender studies and pop culture. I'm still stuck on that. <laughs> Why is she in this class? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Well, she's, she's also a chemistry major. Mm -hmm. So clearly she has no right to talk about biology. Hmm. Well, I mean, when asked to pick a topic for the project, the theme of feminism uh, came up. The 20 year old Olivia uh, chose to look at how rights and opportunities for female athletes have changed throughout history. Ah, she wants to look at history. Hey, yeah, history. By the way, I'm going to toss this over to you. Ooh. Where are the true decades and decades of feminists on this issue. I mean, even Caitlyn Jenner himself, <laughs> Caitlyn said. Jenner himself has said it is not fair for Correct. boys to be competing against girls. Katie, where are the feminists? They're between a rock and a hard place. They don't know where to be right now. Right now is where this so is their about, moment. They're worried this about the mob? A, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. This is their moment. Again, there hasn't been much going on lately because, you know, speak truth Title IX, everything. This. You know, women have had you it pretty good. Like, speak truth. Women in sports was rising up. They have, Remember, they got the WNBA. That was like a huge thing, yeah. right? And, and things have been going along 
swimmingly for women. <laughs> swimmingly, except for if you're, uh, what's her name? Riley? Leah the, the, Thomas. The, 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 no, the swimmer. That's the Oh, the, oh Riley the male. Gaines. Yeah, if Riley you're Riley Gaines, Gaines yeah. then it's because Leah she, Thomas Things is aren't the going swimming. swimmingly. Actually, swimmingly. they are. She's getting a lot of opportunities yeah. to, to she's speak and swimmer. testify. You look it up this. yourself. We've, we've talked about it. But, <laughs> but that's the thing, right? Like, it's David, as always, we've gotten too comfortable. We've gotten too comfortable. Yes. So all the true, quote unquote, feminists who maybe they did fight back in the day back to get actual women's rights in Title IX and stuff like maybe the seventies. They are tired now, and uh, so they're they just moved on with life. They've moved on with life. Look back. And those who claim to be feminists now aren't feminists at all. They're just they mob themselves into the LGBTQ plus so they cannot go against one of the letters of the alphabet soup. So. That's where they're at. There are no true feminists who fight for females, except for Olivia is an example. Riley Gaines is an example of actual females yeah. who want to learn and do something about it. But it's the ones in academia, this professor, who are the fake feminists, I guess, who are putting a kibosh to it. Olivia, this is a solid proposal. However, the terms biological women are exclusionary and are not allowed in this course if they further reinforce. Katie, what is hetero... Normativity. normativity that being you know heterosexual is like the norm so you we cannot can't have we can't have that and like just yeah actually having normativity. normativity they try to put that term out there all the time as if it's like something whatever but it, it as what truth is is that more people than not are heterosexual and they claim that heteronormativity then is shows your privilege so it's no, you're so privileged normalizing the truth yeah so you cannot heteronormativity you cannot reinforce the bible which is truth that would be like you, you yeah, cannot reinforce be, biology or science yeah or dna you cannot reinforce heteronormativity normativity. we can't okay. have that happen that's right. what heteronormativity just wanted to clear is, that up before we go to the, the clip the of olivia talking yeah. with jesse waters go you're saying a paper in a college class that only this professor is going to read, you and the professor, just the fact that it's written and no one else has read it besides two people is going to offend the entire trans community? Uh, apparently, because in a syllabus it says I'm allowed to share my opinions as long as they don't cause harm to my classmates. But no one in my class is going to be reading my paper unless she was going to share it without my permission. Are trans women or trans men actually offended by the phrase biological women? Apparently so, and I did not know that. Yeah, I don't think they are, and I'm just going to go out on a limb and speak for all trans men and women and say you're not offended by that phrase. Have you noticed this professor pushing ideology on the rest of the class? Uh, not that I've noticed. It's an online class, so I haven't noticed this, but I have had a situation previously in a class, in a discussion I had said that it's not okay to generalize and say that all white men are privileged, and she came back and said that it is important to recognize that fact. I spoke with someone in like the gender equity group at the school, and we pretty much discussed that I would do my project with the original proposal, and I just submitted it a few days ago with my original idea. Oh, so you're saying the Gender Equity Council said even this professor's too cuckoo. And you, okay, good. So, okay, good. <laughs> Katie, did you notice that Olivia pushed the envelope? She was wearing a cross around her neck. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. Even further offending. I don't know. Just, you know. I, I love how this story just it keeps getting better <laughs> because, by the way, it's an online course. 
It is not going to offend anyone but that professor. And the fact that it did say in the original message about how was this graded anonymously nope we know who graded this we know how her feelings are and how she is the one who is this fake feminist saying that you need to push all this nonsense onto innocent college kids who are just trying to get a decent grade in a class that i'm guessing she was forced to take because you have to check all the boxes and jump through the hoops of these courses at colleges so i'm being a chemistry major i doubt she really wanted to take women's gender studies in pop culture it was probably one of the 27,000 options yeah. under the category of you must be under the di- diversity equity and inclusion grouping by the way she did compete in cross country and track uh, so she's an athlete but uh, she also said the article said that she, Olivia, has not named the professor for fear of possible online harassment. Wow, so you're saying she's not going to just dox the professor? Hmm, it's almost so, like that cross means something to her, and she's yes. abiding by it a little bit. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, Still interesting. to come, though, oh, you're going to have fun with this one next. Everyone's favorite 1619 project is expanding its racism-driven nonsense, releasing reparations math curriculum. You heard that right for high schoolers. And you wonder why math scores continue to plummet every year. Stay with us. Today's episode is brought to you by Freedom Project Academy. Take back your kids' education. FPA's fully accredited classical curriculum provides live, on-demand, and homeschool courses built on Judeo-Christian values. Request your information packet and save 10% on tuition by visiting freedomforschool.com. That's freedom, F-O-R, school.com. <sighs> More 1619 nonsense. The infiltration is almost complete. The 1619 Project Education Network overseen by the Pulitzer Center, released the outline for the reparations math and reparations history in May. Well, what's in it, David? I bet you're on the edge of your seat over there wondering, well, I've been waiting for Nicole Hannah-Jones and her nonsense people to come up with more lies about the history and what what are they going to do with the math curriculum? Well, now we know. Yep. According to the network's website, it states that students apply math skills, research, into historical wealth gaps in the U.S. Okay. And an analysis of different reparations models to an investigation into whether or not reparations should be paid to the descendants of enslaved people in the U.S. Okay. So, our children cannot do math. Statistically speaking, they cannot do math. Across the nation, the report cards are coming back about 35, 34% on average. Pretty bad. Can do math. To do math proficiently. And it's consistently declined since like the Correct. early 90s? Oh, yeah. It, keeps go- it just keeps going down. Yeah. So, of course, what we're going to do now, children out there, you must determine whether or not reparations should be paid to the descendants of enslaved people in the U.S. That's our math curriculum now. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Is this a story problem, by the way? <laughs> is, is, is it a story problem? Do kids problem? today do story problems? I don't well, think Well, it is a problem. When I was in school. <laughs> it's uh, story problems. Those were the fun ones. Do you ones. remember those? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Now, the proposal states that the concepts in question are designed to be taught over the course of three to four school weeks or about 15 class periods. They're going to spend a good 
good chunk of time, a solid month of classes, just learning how that uh, we're all a bunch of racists, and so now reparations must be paid. Now, some of the objectives, of course, because there have to be learning objectives always, Mm -hmm. David, and you must state those up front. Objectives include analyzing the way that the sugar industry and other industries that grew as a result of slave labor have led to a wealth gap for African-Americans and for students to evaluate whether they think that reparations should be paid to the the descendants of the enslaved people. Then, you know, make sure you report research and findings in a presentation. The sugar industry. Yeah, it's all about the sugar industry. Well, I'm surprised they didn't put the cotton industry in there as well. I mean, you would think. So uh, in math class, they're going to look at number three, investigating the historical and financial backgrounds of various proposals for reparations in the U.S. Mm -hmm. and the world. So it's not just the United States, but it's the world, which the context of slavery itself Mm -hmm. is very, very different historically around the world as it -hmm. it was in America Mm -hmm. since, Mm -hmm. obviously, they abolished it here. Yeah. We were the first. But it, but it is math. So they're going to match the pattern of the payments of reparations okay. with the patterns of function families. You know, like linear and exponential and absolute okay. value and all that. I, hey, math. That's math terminology. Function families. Function okay. families. Yeah, they're called function families. Okay. Are you a math guy? Uh, no. No. Okay. Got it. I'm trying well, to keep up here. That's some math terminology. And they just threw that in there. So clearly it's perfect for math class. Now, we uh, do have someone who's brilliant actually speaking out against this. Carol Swain, who is a former professor of law and political science at Vanderbilt University and currently a distinguished senior fellow for constitutional studies at the Texas Public Policy Foundation, has said that it's disheartening to watch the influence the historically inaccurate and flawed 1619 project is having on American society through seemingly unlimited access to ideologically mainstream media platforms that never allow anyone to question their flawed narratives. The curriculum materials for math are clearly geared towards politicizing the youngest minds. Wait, wait, wait. I heard she was a racist, though. Hold on. Um, um, For saying that. Swain is a uh she just happens to also be a black female oh. conservative oh doctor who used to Carol be swain a doctor. democrat and then wised up so uh That's, that dr swain yes. now remember back just one whole year ago when the 1619 project advocated for the creation of a unit of a history class that was centered around investigating the wealth theft from black americans that has repeatedly occurred from 1619 to the present in order to research and propose a comprehensive solution. When we talk about how this type of nonsense, whether we're talking about sexualization or racist I, like ideology and all that terminology stuff, it's all getting put into every single class. This is a clear evidence. It's in history class. It's in math class. It's everywhere. It's mm. going to be in gym class pretty darn soon. We know what, what our health classes look like now. Now, since the release of 1619, all the way back in August of 2019, by 2020, the curriculum had been adopted in over 3,500 classrooms, okay, across the whole U.S., mostly through administrative fiat. Right. It wasn't like it got put out there of like, hey, parents, take a look at this. Hey, teachers. No, the administrators are like, oh, we have to be woke. We have to be on it. We we have a good school. So they, they... put it into that way now ian rowe who's a senior fellow at the american enterprise institute said that students taking reparations math learn no opposing viewpoints he's he's going to be right on that because that they're 
they're going to gear it that way. And oh man, I forgot to mention. He, is uh, he a racist Roe, too? Yes, he's a black conservative oh. and author of Agency, okay. The Four Point Plan for All Children to Overcome the Victimhood Narrative and Discover Their Pathway to Power. Clear racist out here. So anyway, coming up, with endowments surpassing, oh, just, you know, $193 billion, a new documentary exposes Ivy League privilege and the students it shuts out. We're going to talk about that next. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D educated support this show and a great american company get yourself a big old bag of popcorn because uh there's a new documentary out and it's talking about how privileged those ivy leaguers really are Exclusion U is a feature documentary detailing how Ivy League universities accumulate billions of dollars as they restrict class size, turn away qualified students, and favor the children of the rich. Take a look. I never considered Ivy League schools because the tuition is more than what my family makes. It was just very disheartening to be scrubbing someone's toilet at Harvard, but I stuck with it because I did need the money. Ivy League universities are worth $193 billion. Million? Billion. Billion? That's a lot of money. Why don't elite universities use their immense wealth to expand opportunities to more students? Elitism is like the red velvet rope at a nightclub. It is designed to restrict access. Elite colleges have barely increased their student bodies for decades while the number of applicants has grown. There are far more qualified students who are applying to these places than there are currently spots to let them in. These private institutions receive public money for their own private interest without public scrutiny. The system's designed to look like it cares about everyone, but it's really designed to keep those in power in power. Ooh. That's good. That, I like um, a lot of the good quotes in there. Uh, one of the great questions was if they, they have how many, she says billion, mm -hmm. why don't they expand opportunities for more if they're so brilliant, more kids to be able to come and uh, they're not, are they? Oh, it's all about the endowments. It's all about the rich, staying rich, the power, staying powerful. It's, mm. you know. So the fact that it says Ivy League endowments are worth $193 billion, but they only educate 0.3% of U.S. undergrads. Point that's, three. That's, that's less tenths? than 63,000 students. With so much money, why are they keeping so many students out? Good question. A lot of fair questions here. Well, but nobody and, the, and the fact that you heard it in there, but the fact that they do get public money for private interests. So I guess it's like, are we the, you know, we're the lowly kids on the outside. We just want to go to these Ivy Leagues. Why, you know, and like, so we're going to be against them? No, but it's a fair question to know how huge these endowments are, how many tens of millions of dollars are at each of these universities to equate to eventually here, 193 billion uh, collectively from the eight. Like it, it's, we look at them, you know, what's coming out of it how much money goes in and what's coming out, again, 
the return on investment on there is, is not happening. But who are the ones in power in this country? What schools did they go to? The top lawyers in this country? The top politicians in this country? Where do they all come from? You're connecting some dots here. Or tinfoil hat. Whichever one you want to say. No, you're connecting some dots here. I like the one of the quotes that was from the movie... Uh, the website, these universities are treated like charitable organizations, meaning they do not pay taxes on the donation income they receive to fund these endowments. Mm-hmm. And they don't pay, many of them, the Ivy League schools, they don't pay property, property taxes, taxes yep. though they have massive property holdings. Oh, yeah. Um, interesting. They have a lot of this stuff. And just... Just so you know uh, what's happening, uh, the eight Ivy Leagues are Brown, Columbia, Cornell, Dartmouth, Harvard, Princeton, University Mm. of Pennsylvania, and Yale. And Harvard tends to have the most 53-whatever billion dollars of their own endowment Billion with a B? Billion with a B. Billion Billion with with a B. B. Some of them have in the millions, but yeah, billions, they have the most. That's the one that's not too far from Boston Harbor. Harvard. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with it. Maybe you should uh, take a look someday. But we got to take a look at something even more important. Yes. The latest Babylon Bee headlines. We're going to talk about them next. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. All right, before we wrap up this show for the day, let's take a look at everyone's favorite satire site, the Babylon Bee. Here are this week's top five Babylon Bee headlines. Yes, sometimes satire is very close to actual reality and truth, but we've picked our favorite headlines and we'll now decide which one should be named Queen of the Hive. We start with film that just shows liberals talking about their ideas labeled offensive content. Next, Biden assures nation, we have nothing to worry about thanks to this cool new padded helmet he's wearing. Next, report, sandbag that tripped Biden on stage also participated in January 6th Capitol riot. Next, Rosetta Stone introduces new Bidenese language course. And finally, America votes to add, can you walk and speak in sentences to presidential job application. Mm. Katie Petrick, I've got two very close tie on two of them. What do you think is numero uno? Mine is all around the same topic that I'm guessing yours is, which most of them are around the same topic. That last one, they can't do that. FDR had a wheelchair. He couldn't walk. That's right. So Good point. But I do like, if we uh, go back to the third one, I do believe, um, with the sandbag. Uh, that trip by the stage also participated yeah, in that capital riot. I've got to say, it was seen there. We agree on this. It one. will be going to prison. I, you knew as soon as he tripped. And yes, <laughs> to the person out there who claims, "How dare I 
make fun of the president for tripping because he's an old man. He was laughing about it. You can, you can laugh at someone tripping and falling. It's actually good for your health. If the person's okay afterward. Now, we don't... Biden wasn't okay going into it. So there was... But he, he was like, Defi- hey, hey, look, I'm here. Wait. I'm fine. Ha ha. Define okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oklahoma. Um, so, so... But when he looked back and said, oh, he pointed at that sandbag. I'm like, oh, that poor sandbag is going to get fired. You know that sandbag. Or destroyed. Or destroyed. Yeah, you knew it. Yeah. What, what was your favorite? Was that, that the was one? That was it. That was the one? That was it. Sure? Yeah. Yeah. So we were, we were... Right in line. Right here, this week. right here, right yep. here. Yep. All right, guys. That's going to wrap up our top headlines for the week. Of course, more satire next time, right, Katie? I guess. Yes. All right. Well, if you are a fan of our show, please do your little thing there like, comment, share, subscribe, tweedly dee and tweedly dumb. Do all the things. Now, for David and myself, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And thank you for supporting this show. Until next time, stay educated. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel. Hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2023.